Viewer discretion is advised. This is our most right-wing episode ever. I'm your doctor when in need. Want some coke? Have some weed. They should let Max Landis do the next Black Panther. Movie. They should. That would be, that would be <laughs> a, about the same level of racist as uh, as as the thing. I, I think that now that now that we've gotten loosened up, hey everybody, welcome to Marvelous. Uh, I want to start us off by saying R.I.P. to John Ramada Senior. Uh, he was the second artist to work on uh, Spider Man after Ditko. Um, left around issue, I believe, 34, uh, passed away uh, yesterday evening. Uh, fucking hope you're getting some pussy in heaven, brother. Uh, rest in peace to a real one. He was like 92, though, right? That's a pretty Yeah, and run. still working. Uh, not uh, Thankfully, he wasn't one of those guys that had to work because he, like, needed to survive. Uh, he just love drawing and would occasionally like put out stuff for charity. Uh, just an all around great guy from, from what it seems his son, even though I don't like his son's son's art, uh, seems like a great guy as well. Uh, yeah. Now something that has nothing to do with black Panther. I'm going to let the whitest member of our podcast introduce the film. Yay, it's Wait, not who, me. Which one of us is that, actually? That's an open question. You. you I'm going to say you. You're fucking ginger. You can't get I'm going to say you. We're albino. Yeah, you, you do have that, like, white ginger complexion where, you where like, the somehow the redness of your hair makes your body whiter. Yeah. <laughs> I burn in the sun. Oh, and, you look like you just, yeah. like, a, an hour like of Chris sunlight up. Yeah. turned bright pink. We're, it, it, fucking another reason why uh, a marvelous meetup has to only happen above the uh, the equator uh, or above the whatever the, the tropic of cancer the, the tropic of cancer. Thank you. Uh, is because uh, I believe Stu and Nicole would just die if they came to New Mexico. Well, Nicole's Nicole's got that Mediterranean thing going. That's true. I mean, I can. I can work a good tan. Nicole has a little bit of resistance. I think it would be actually would be the al- the altitude where Nicole would make the exact same mistake I did when I first moved here, which is uh, get all done with packing. And then you're like, I'm going to celebrate uh, by drinking like two bottles of soju and then uh, forgetting that you, you're you're yes. finally above sea level for the first yes, time in your life. Do and now you have to go to the hospital because you gave yeah. yourself alcohol poisoning. Yes, absolutely. Oh, especially with soju, because I got introduced to soju recently, and I'm like, oh, this is dangerous. I'm so, I'm gonna get some. I, I the first night I'm in Boston, I'm gonna get some soju because they don't have that out here, and I miss it because it 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 doesn't taste like alcohol. It doesn't taste like liquor. So but, so do you do you. No, I shouldn't. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Cut that. I'm not we, even going to say it. <laughs> Stu, Stu in, in case you were listening, Stu was about to say something very, very racist. Uh, 
Well, we're talking about Black Panther this episode, guys. Speaking of racist, okay. Let's get to why we're here. Black Panther. Imagine, imagine if, and I mean, this is a really crazy groundbreaking idea if they put black people in movies. And, and yeah. Disney, the Disney Corporation was the first in 2018, the first one to ever do this. And it changed everything. It, it fixed racism. Donald Trump is no longer president. Uh, black people are no longer being beaten up and murdered by the police. Nobody protests anymore. They fixed it. We're done. We solved the problems. Yeah, back because, in because Paul or Kevin Feige, I don't know why I thought about Paul. Kevin Feige was finally <laughs> the, the first man in Hollywood brave enough to let black people make and be in movies. Yeah. And to, to, to lead a film altogether, the most uh, talented cadre of black actors working in the industry. You know, it, it's never been done before. A movie has uh, never before ha had a completely black cast oh wait I, i'm i'm sorry i'm getting i'm i'm learning just now that uh 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 martin freeman is second bill in this movie never mind i take it all back he's a person of color yeah he was freed. yeah british yeah. <laughs> he was freed for being white they're from being black. They, they put well. They put him in the moo moo. So does that mean he gets like yeah. invited to the cookout? Or it's or it's very it? funny. This movie has a has a blacker cast in it, or I'm sorry, a a more prestigious cast in it than uh than probably like any of the Avengers ensemble films we've had up until now. Like, I I think that there are more. Yeah, like this I'd is so, yeah. this movie. This movie. I don't want to jump ahead but this movie cast like every single black person that was in the popular conscious that wasn't already like a, a marvel person they got the black lady from the walking dead in this they got the black lady from american horror story in this they got the black lady from star wars in this they it's got all the black ladies they they they, they pretty much like black ladies here short they're of, all short bald of, they're all bald <laughs> one of them throws her wig short of oprah i get it i would actually if i was a black lady too i would be i would be doing crazy ass fucking sailor moon wigs uh, yeah that's that's very in right now yeah actually but the wig that they give uh the the woman in this movie is not a yeah yeah uh, it's, it's not i great. mean it's, I, it's I, very it's obviously because she throws it <laughs> yeah it's intentionally bad and it's like intentionally supposed to be like a bad wig but like my god that was like eye-wateringly <laughs> bad <laughs> That was that was like some shit that you see on like on like someone that's doing bad, like someone that's just going through the worst time in their <laughs> life. Like that's the wig that they get. She didn't even strap it in. Like usually wigs, they have like a clasp. Yeah, like it's not lace. She did yeah. not secure it in because she was planning to throw that wig at, at a she, guy. She did not. She liked being bald. Um, something about being bald. It's very freeing, actually. Uh, as someone that's shaved their head, it's very fun. Especially if you live in the hot, like, I can't imagine what the jungles of Africa are like, but they're probably hot. Like, I would not want to have the dreads that Angela Bassett has in this movie because humidity just wreaks hell on fucking on hair like this. Uh, anyway, Stu, do you want to try to give a give a concise plot summary? summary? Concise plot summary. All uh, right. That is not. This is just another regurgitation. Uh, of Miguel. The Lion King. <laughs> 
Miguel. I mean, it can, is just kind of uh, like, what if the Lion King was James Bond? Um, cut out, cut out all the other tracks as soon as Stu starts describing the movie, and then just slowly fade in like some bongo drums, <laughs> like some Jesus. some tribal rhythms. You have to, you have to all keep right, that in. It, it, all, everyone needs to know that all the racism is coming from the one member of the podcast that's allowed to do it. Um, or all the racism that's left in in the edited product. Anyway, concise plot summary: Black Panther. In the distant and primordial year of nine, well, actually, okay, I guess there's a there's a prologue where it's like a meteorite landed in Africa, and a bunch of warring tribes found it, and the Black Panther uh, made himself king to bring peace, and they developed advanced technology just by having the stuff around to do it with. There's no political economy to any of this, um, and then they lived in seclusion away from the rest of the world uh, until now, 1992. Uh, Black Panther's uncle is in Oakland, California, and he's running Where guns born, actually. And, and doing crimes. So Black Panther shows up and is like, you're coming back to Wakanda, which is um, sort of like Atlantis for black people. And uh, you're coming back to Wakanda <laughs> and you're, you're going to jail. But uh, things go down and, he, he, and uh, Black Panther's dad kills his uncle and leaves um, the guy who's going to become the bad guy just like there as an orphan in Oakland, California. Um, Meanwhile, flash forward 30 years and uh, old, old King T'Chaka died in the last or five movies ago or whatever it's been. So now T'Challa Black Panther is the Black Panther and he's the King and they have to do ritual combat against uh, the, the gorilla king of the mountains. Uh, apparently he was called man ape in the comics, but they decided he can't have a black guy named man ape in a movie. Probably um, for the better. That's the only, that's the only change I think this movie makes that doesn't make the film come across <laughs> as more racist. Also that guy's just having fun with it. Uh, yeah, he's partying. So, um, so this this advanced civilization that just kind of you know you know that picture of like where the meme where people post where it's like you know society if if Al Gore won or whatever it's just yeah. it, it, like Wakanda just looks like that but with plants and it's it looks it's like very Abu much Dhabi. it's it's a yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a world economic forum fifteen minute city hardly anybody has cars everything's just kind of tra- trams and trains which I'm down for but it's like it's like you see the hints of African architecture in it but it's also like so this isolated advanced society independently arrived at like boring glass skyscrapers. <laughs> not a critique it's um, it's a one way it's a one way mirror you know like they're not they do go out into the world yeah apparently they get back to the future um and American movies and they say stuff like old school they uh yeah for some reason um I guess they don't have their own film industry in Wakanda I don't know anyway uh well, because they have to keep up airs, you know that they're like yeah. They got to pretend. Well, you're, you're missing the fact that the the Wakanda concise plot summary. Itself, I know concise plot it summary. Itself Cons- is very- Jim's not going to appreciate that. You're, Look, shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just trying. So, so there's a kind of bunch of shaggy dog stuff with a South African guy from the last movie trading vibranium and some like James Bond set piece stuff with bad CGI. But the long and short of it is um, Black Panther's long lost cousin, Killmonger, uh, because he, he mongered so many kills in Afghanistan. Uh, shows up and 
challenges them to ritual combat and wins. This is like two thirds of the way through the movie by now. Uh, and then he becomes king and he's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to emancipate black people by arming them with our advanced technology all over the world. But also he says that he's going to build an empire. Uh, a, a, the sun will never set on the Wakandan empire. He says, so it's not really black emancipation. It's actually imperialism. Cause I guess these are the same thing somehow. Um, Anyway, there's a big civil war, and and Black Panther comes back from the oh, dead after having a vision war, of of his dad. Yeah, yeah. The civil war is like a dozen people in a field fighting with spears. They have all this advanced technology, they have well, fucking spaceships, are, you know, I, I, but the I, army I, is a hundred guys with spears. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of there are maybe like twelve actual people, and the rest of them are like CGI ragdolls, and and they have a bunch of terrible looking CGI rhinos. But even even with the CGI guys, oh yeah, they've got armored rhinos. It's uh, nothing. Yeah, and, and every sense. time they get like hit, they do like a three sixty, like they swirl through the air like ragdoll physics. Rag, I yeah, want to yeah. say uh, from the little research I did on Black Panther comics, like eighty percent of the shit was made up. It seems like it. And the other 20% came from a comic that was ongoing when this came out, written by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yeah, uh, it's it's sort of a like uh, chicken and the egg scenario, where prior to the, 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 the cultural like interpretation of Black Panther that you got after the Civil War, which is like cool black guy that's epic. Uh, you, you mean the, the you, movie uh, Captain America yeah. Civil War, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wakanda was just kind of like a, I mean, it was still Atlantis for black people, but it looked like kind of like every other country, just slightly more Africanized and they had like high tech stuff. Like they didn't, it exposes the limits of the liberal imagination, black or white in America. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, black Panther has a vision of his dad comes back to life. Um, Beats up, uh, tells his ghost dad off for leaving his cousin behind in Oakland and then kills his cousin. And uh, now he's Black Panther. And then he dies off screen before the next movie because the actor in real life died. A lot of the plot is just kind of excuses for set pieces that don't go anywhere. We've got Martin Freeman as the CIA guy. And it's like we have like two throwaway lines about how the CIA is bad. But then he's also like kind of like he's he's our token crazy ass white boy um yeah i don't know there's there's not really a lot there for for all of the and we'll get into that for all of the think pieces and all the reviews and all of the fucking uh and we'll get to this noted man of color sean king um calling this like as important as MLK's I have a dream speech there's nothing there's like so little actually here because it's a marvel movie. i mean i yeah this stinks <laughs> yeah, this wasn't even a f- this wasn't even like a f- as offensive to me as uh as Spider-Verse. Uh it just cuz I'm not a Black Panther fan. So I was so nothing in this moved me one way or the other outside of like some particularly bad plot developments that were just really off-putting and just the whole concept of like the MCU take on Afrofuturism because Af- Afrofuturism is kind of it's still like a very periphery genre. It hasn't worked its way into the mainstream, partially because you know it's it's for black people by black people, and it's mostly contained to like literary novels and like concept albums. So, uh, th- this was this was bad. 
Yeah, this, this is not yeah, I, this, this for a lot of people. This defines the concept of Afrofuturism. Uh, it sad. does, which is which is very That's very so offensive sad. to me because it's so, sort of like how. Uh, in fact, I want to use I want to use this as like a metaphor, like the the Roman statue avi types. You know, the return to tradition. Like we need to sort of center like a like a mix of like Roman Roman Empire and Christendom. Uh, that's that's kind of what this movie is, but for black people. Uh, but I don't I don't want to want to blame black people for that because I mean this was like. Yeah, Ryan Coogler directed this movie, but we all know we all know who was really behind this shit. We we all know that hat wearing motherfucker, Kevin Feige was the was the real one behind this. So it's not really it's not really black people's fault. Like it's 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 also not for black people. Like I mean, it never it, it never it, evolved. It, it isn't really yeah because it's yeah, it's a it, Marvel movie and Marvel movies are for are, are supposed to be everything to everyone. Exactly. And the whole, what the, the, the biggest takeaway I got from Wakanda wasn't that it was like, uh, like a white liberals dream or like that it was, a uh, you know, Afrofuturist paradise. It just felt like stuck to me. It was just like, oh, so like it's, you know, black people have like this advanced technology, but we still throw spears at the bad. It's like, we can never... We can never evolve outside of yeah, our still, past. Still, you, know? you have a, a monarchy based on ritual combat, which I don't even know if exactly. anybody really did that much in history in Africa or anywhere. I don't, I, no, dude. Most like it's most it's tribal, a fantasy movie contrivance. It's Conan the Barbarian shit. <laughs> yeah, most most tribal societies are like skew democratic, or or at least like sort of like a like a theocratic democracy where you have like a like a witch king or like a uh like a shaman you know that's sort of the the spiritual elder uh and yeah they weren't like i i, I it's like it's it's really i it's really astonishing to me that this movie is constantly pointing out how like black people are smarter than you know dude we have flying cars and then like the main the main focus of this movie is still like black on black violence it's still like we can't we we can never get the white man even in our in, in our fantasy in our like ultimate fantasy. We can't ever like strike back at the oppressor. We have to like sort our own shit out first and it's like and come on, you know. Let us have that's you see that's why that's why like you know <laughs> these movies will never mean as much to me as like something like the Matrix or uh like like Django Unchained because it's like those movies don't spend their time like lambasting themselves uh over uh making like a like a a perfect savior before you before you strike back against the oppressors it just like it sets the fact that okay this is like a, a politicized struggle uh it's not gonna be perfect but we gotta we gotta get the bad guys you know well that that's the thing about Wakanda is is the entire movie takes this fictional African country that was never colonized, that's wholly independent, that's technologically developed and industrialized somehow. There don't appear to be private corporations or a bourgeois or economic planning. Like it, they, they just, yeah, no, cause, cause you know, those things don't, I think exist in the liberal mind really that much, unless you're an academic. Um, 
But no, Jerry, I'll set that aside. It's a very autistic complaint. But it, it is like, an, an like, like the entire on this podcast. The entire concept of Wakanda doesn't exist in Africa as an African country. It exists purely as this like mindscape for Americans and and in this case specifically black Americans. Like the the entire plot of the movie hinges on contriving a reason for a Wakandan royalty to grow up in Oakland, California. Um uh, yeah, actually uh, yeah, all and all of the, all of the cast members are are African American. I don't think there's a single African guy. Uh, Daniel Clue is British. The... Oh yeah, okay. So so it's entirely like like westernized. But and I'm not saying that you have like that. Of course, that's going to happen when you're making a western action movie. Yeah. But then it's like it's like I don't know. It just it just feels so small minded. And also the accents. Oh, the accents are so bad. <laughs> the accents kind of sucks. This movie suffers from the same problem as Wonder Woman in having to come up with a accent for a completely fictional place. And it just sounds like everyone's suffering some sort of brain damage. Uh, if if not just like doing an intentionally offensive accent. And the only uh, uh, the only the only characters that that then like make that work are the characters that are very obvious or the the actors that are very obviously not taking the premise of the movie seriously, like, what the fuck accent was Forrest Whitaker doing in this movie? Your father would not support this. <laughs> <laughs> what the? He sounded he sounded like he was being squeezed to death every single time <laughs> he opened his mouth. Like he he pronounces Black Panther as the Black Panther. Like what what the? <laughs> I, I think I saw in the production. So part of this being this kind of, um, like I said, it like like this it, it fantasy, this kind of fantasy projection from the United States onto Africa is that they they did this kind of eclectic Pan Africanism. Like, well, we took this architecture from Nigeria and this bit of dress from here and this from there. And yeah. We use this language. So there's five tribes in Wakanda, which they're not really fleshed out at all. They're like, oh, I'll well, we use this language for one of them and this I language the, I love the for guy another. With the Oh, yeah. the, the one dressed as the Riddler. Yeah, dude, he was so cool, dude. Yeah, he was, that, he was sick. That guy rocked. That's it's funny because it's like this. There's, we're we're a super advanced technological society, but but because Africa and tradition and oh everything that we lost when we were brought across the ocean that we we kind of want to venerate and recapture in this fan like all atavism. It's it's a fantasy. Uh, you know, it is yeah. What guys do with like Rome or Byzantium, or whatever, kind of. So, so it's like it's this National Geographic photo spread stuff, like the lip disc. Yeah, that guy which, was so cool. Though. Which, like, like I don't know if that, that many people do that stuff. They do. I, uh, I mean, in, in, I like, mean, the, just, in like the the tribal portions more they do, but uh, it's not it's not going to be something that you're going to see in like Nigeria or like. You know, fucking like the yeah, more it's like most people in Africa are. I mean, obviously, it's a much poorer continent, but most of them aren't living that different lives in the basic sense. It's like they have a house or an apartment and a shitty TV and a shitty job and, and live in like a town or a city. Um, and I mean, like, you know, Africa's got some big goddamn cities. That's <laughs> this whole thing. Like, yeah. They go through the, they go through the, 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 the cloaking shield. It's like, wow, Wakanda. And it's just like, like, man, wouldn't it be crazy if there was a city in Africa? And it's like, they've got yeah. those, man. <laughs> which is, which is so funny because this, this, the, the previous film that introduces Wakanda 
like establishes that they're on the border of Nigeria, which is like one of the most like urbanized fucking regions of the continent. Nigeria? I thought they were down down like around where like Rwanda is. Uh, don't like, they? But don't the, they? Don't like it's like in the middle of Africa. Don't like, they right go to Nigeria in? Yeah, yeah. Well, in because, civil war, and then they blow up some Wakandans, and that's why Black well, no, Panther. They, they yeah, go but to Nigeria they're... in this movie because uh, Black Panther has to rescue girls being enslaved because <laughs> we need that as a scene because this is our political mature Marvel movie, and you know it's it's good political and mature because the movie doesn't open with the Marvel logo; it immediately opens with the fucking monologue about you know the the creation of Wakanda. Because this is serious business, and this is our this is our award property, and you know what? It fucking worked because because <laughs> this this won Oscars, and I think it only won for wardrobe. It, it which was is, nominated. Which is the bunch. one the one thing I did like not the best costuming, but like Angela Bassett got to wear some nice big hats. I the the, the, the Riddler the- guy was awesome. That guy rolled. The, the um, funny thing about Marvel movies, and I don't know if we've ever touched upon this on the podcast, but, like, because they're all, they, they take the riffing approach to almost everything, so if a scene doesn't, like, require a certain, like, costume or, like, your superhero suit, you, a lot of the time the actors are just wearing, like, their normal clothes or, like, an outfit yeah. that they picked out. Yeah, hence uh, why Chris Evans is just wearing a whole ton of Under Armour in, in yeah, Winter well, Soldier. Yeah, he's probably got a sponsorship <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. that's just it's, how he dresses. I found this badass store. That's my exact style. But this movie is this movie is carried almost entirely just by like the natural swag that black people have. Barely, ba- barely, obviously. But it's like if you look at like the best parts of the movie, it's like. It's like it's the the costuming, and a lot of times that was just like fucking Chadwick Boseman or like Angela Bassett, like wearing like some shit, you know. If it if it wasn't if it didn't get called for like a specific set piece, you know, a lot of times, especially like when they go to South Korea, like they are they are legitimately dripped the fuck up. Yeah, that's four hundred and fifty dollars. What? Because the pattern's so complicated. No, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's got like the the cool like emerald cutout. Uh, say, yeah, say for Okoye's terrible, terrible wig. <laughs> yeah, which the, was a bit a purpose, that they were doing. Which was a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember and that was the, a very gift moment. The only, the only other two two aspects that I'm going to commend this movie on are the soundtrack, not the not the score. The score is ass. It's some Dutch motherfucker. Yeah, the score like, playing is the like bongos. not there. But the 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 rap the rap like soundtrack that they commissioned for this, uh, I mean, they got like one of the best rappers a lot. They got Kendrick Lamar to to like put together the arrangement, the rap arrangements. So of course it's fucking good. I mean, it's it's Kendrick Lamar. He's never done a bad project. But uh, the other thing was just like the 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 MCU riffs, like the the like just letting yeah. the actors talk to each other. We're done better here than in anything else I've ever watched for this this podcast. And it, the lines are awful. You know, you have like the what are those shit. But like even even when he gets hit with the what are those, like Chadwick does manage to turn that into something funny with the scene where he gets blown back. And then he's like, the punchline is like, delete that fucking recording or whatever. Like that was. Yeah, there it, it's it, this this movie is just. Coasting off the natural charaz- charisma, 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 charisma. Oh, is that is Riz people. short for charisma? You wouldn't understand that. You're not with it. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with, isn't it? 
and what's it seems weird and scary to me. Oh my God. Is it? I don't know. Yes, right? I, don't I just know. realized, Charisma, I just connected that Chris. dot. I mean, like we've come to the conclusion that the, the MCU is kind of always coasted on its casting and it's just especially apparent here, I think, because the cast is, is particularly good. It, especially because everyone is, with the exception of Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger and Andy Serkis as whatever the fuck crazy guy, is like, everyone is so boring. My God. They, well, they, they, yeah, we don't have a lot of like really interesting characterization. There's just like the the dutiful soldier, the other dutiful soldier, the the guy who wants to be king, but is like maybe a little bit too nice for it. Uh I don't know, the the dutiful wife who's also a dutiful spy soldier. Like, like they, they don't have a lot of um personality outside i guess what the actors can bring to it like and i think that's why killmonger kind of jumps off the screen a bit is because he's kind of he has a personality he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be a dignified austere royal aspirational figure so he can yeah he can and the only kind of it's it's also like like the classic mcu thing where like the only character to get any kind of characterization is the villain because they want you to be like sort of slightly sympathetic for them because they they're sort of trying to put you down easy and Giving that the, the genuinely they should have just made Michael B. Jordan a mustache twirling evil guy, and they kind of do. They kind of do like, like they give him an inch of like of of like sort of uh sympathy in this movie, and he just fucking runs with it to the point where like people were legitimately mad that they didn't make him the new Black Panther after Chadwick died. Oh yeah, I can kind. I mean, they he dies at the end of this movie. They'd have to. Con- but I mean, you know, you can contrive that bullshit for this kind of thing, but he's, exactly. um, but it's the thing. Cause they give him a compelling ideological motivation, but then immediately it's like, he's also just cruel and arbitrarily cruel and violent and brutal for the sake of brutal. And, and his, his, his plan for emancipating the black population of the world is to unify them under an empire that he rules. And it's like that. Which is a common thing where you you position any kind of more radical politics as as purely like a product of of ego and pathology and and a, and a tyrannical desire and 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 the ideology is just kind of a front. Um, uh, but yeah, no. If we're talking about Riz, he's got the most Riz, and and that's because he's the only one kind of allowed to have fun because. Um, because T'Challa's barely got a character. He has no character. <laughs> he has more character in Civil War. And, and he, 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 genuinely, he genuinely ran with it because the, uh, the, the costuming department like, l- let him sort of like lead them on the direction that he wanted to, uh, to take with his villain outfit. And in, in the, the, like, the tactical outfit that he wears and like, the, in the, before he gets the Black Panther suit, is literally just Vegeta's armor from Dragon Ball Z. It oh is. shit! I didn't. I didn't it notice is. that, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, it is. And people were wondering that if that was intentional forever. And then in some interview, he was just like, "Yeah, the costuming department like 
let me like send them notes and so I just sent them a bunch of Dragon Ball Z screenshots and was like, I want to look like this, which is it's so awesome. It is so fun. Like that's it's awesome. That's the the only times the only times like I legitimately enjoy these movies are when the actors are getting something over on Marvel Studios. Yeah, that's, oh, completely. that's the only time these are ever enjoyable to me is when Kevin Feige gets punked. Which is probably easy to do because he does not seem like the smartest man in the world. He he reminds me of like like a dog if you put like a, a biscuit on his head and he just d- doesn't realize it. He thinks you or or like you're like when you try to throw like a bone at a dog and you like fake him out and they still yeah like and then he just runs off across yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's that's why he he loves like he loves guys like Chadwick who just like show up and like do the thing for him without ever really rocking the boat you know well, like yeah, that's, he, he and i, mean, I think in he fact a, i think his profile actor, picture i know he, he's, he's fantastic he's just he like, got cast without even auditioning he was like the first person they brought on before they yeah. had coogler or anybody else um i think kevin feige's twitter picture is still black panther it would be he seems exactly like that type of white guy too <laughs> oh, yeah hold on uh kevin Feige, you know he got like a at? shirt that says like black stories matter does he have a twitter i he does have a twitter he no, does, he does how cause... did we how how have we not riffed and i, I assume he never, he's, he's never used it like um, it's like it's just like an intern it. posting publicity photos right that's why yeah, I, it's, I retweeting, it's like quote tweeting trailers of his own projects and being like amazing oh that's <laughs> I, gay <laughs> Kevin Feige, what's his again, Twitter he, at? He, he seems like such an NPC of a person. He he could be using the Twitter account personally, and that's yeah, just all he no, would put out. So his his uh just an egghead of a person. His avatar is like this is this is peak Feige. This is this is peak Feige. It's uh it's a hat that he has that has a Black Panther logo on it, but it's oh like God. zoomed in so that you only see the logo. Oh, that's the that's the the famous uh Black Panther hat uh. Uh, oh well, the you'll have to listen to that bit from the uh, patron exclusive episode on Valerian. That's uh, when you famously said shout out to the victim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm kind of sad. Like nobody outside of patrons got to hear it because that might be that's well, you know, that's for, why like, more of, that's why the, the, the other like 500 odd of you need to become patrons. I know exactly. We're, we're, almost, we're almost at a hundred dollars. Actually, month, if you. Guys. Uh, shill moment. If you if you subscribe to the Patreon, not only do you get our Patreon, but you also get special select bonus episodes from my appearances on those good old fashioned values. Uh, so if you, in fact, there's one already up on there where me and Spencer from those good old fashioned values go over the Billboard top ten of 1980. Uh, and there's a bit on there that's like one of the funniest things I've ever done in recorded history. Was it the Michael Jackson? It was the Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I mean, I like I saw this in theaters when it came out. I saw this in IMAX with my friends and like prime optimal like enjoyment sort of conditions. And I, you know, it was 2018, you know, sue me. I bought into the hype machine for this as much as anyone else. Like I gave this a four out of five when I saw this, but I hadn't seen it since I had watched it in the theater. And yeah, re- revisiting it last night, I was just like, 
as knowingly disappointed in it as as I was, if not like worse than Winter Soldier. Because like, as, especially with how much this movie was like hyped as like seeing this as political praxis. Like this movie is important. It's, this movie is the most important thing since Martin Luther King gave a, a speech. It is the most important thing since Rosa Parks sat on a bus. It is the most important thing since you know Angela Davis. Blah 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 blah. It's it's absolutely here. It is for white people. This is what a movie like this is, and this is what like a lot of sloganeering, a lot of cultural consumption is for white people. It's you sit in the theater for two hours, you clap, you tell yourself that was so great and so important, and you get temporary absolution for your white guilt. It's like going to confession for white liberals. Yeah, that's that's essentially essentially it. And but I also think it was also hyped up a lot by like people who know better. Like oh, no, I no, no, struggled this, to find a single the, like negative review for it at the time of release. Except for even the critical ones are still like pretty fawning of the movie itself. Well that's that's it because everyone cause cause all this stuff's like written for your audience, not just the consuming audience, yeah. but like the, the, the people that employ you or whatever. And, and the whole trip of this movie, the whole fucking astroturfed argument that this is like this, this great achieve this epochal achievement for black Americans and black people worldwide is just an astroturfed marketing campaign. Yeah. That's all it is. That it is. Uh, I think astroturf is, is the proper term for this. But when people see it all around them, they're afraid to be too much of a dissenting voice. Cause it's like, Oh, people are going to call me racist. I'm so afraid of being called racist. And it's like, yeah, it was just cowardice basically. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I I, I have yeah, a, or just uh, or just like a, a general uh, sense of like cultural FOMO and like fear of missing yeah. out. Like you know, we need to do a we need to do a move a movie where we turn into screeching like fucking liberals over some shit. Because this is like three episodes in a row where we've like fucking acknowledged right wing talking points as being like partially correct. Well, I, I mean, mean they're, they're like, the, the the most effective right wing talking points are they, they they touch on some element of truth and then veer it off into yeah. like and now here's crime statistics and how you're actually being oppressed for being white and it's like in and you know and all very stupid uh I, I i really feel like it should go without saying that, that no one's confusing us for for that it's just the the um you say that the but I think maybe you know the, the consumer culture, the the kind of mainstream liberal consumer culture is built around doing all of this stuff rather than doing something like changing or getting rid of how the police work, right? Or or, or providing a, a properly funded functional education system or, or housing or anything. And and can I also just say as as a film critic <laughs> Um, as, as someone who's a film critic on a current, not, not purposeful hiatus. I've just been very busy. I'm so sorry guys for anyone who's been like, Nicole, where's the Shin Kamen writer review? I'm we're, uh, to quote Chris Chan. I'm working on it. Um, but like the way how like a significant talking point for the importance of seeing this movie was like, you know, you know, nothing, on, on this scale for a black cast has ever been done. And that's just straight up false. Like if, if you know anything like even basic about like 
the history of movies, you will know that there have been many, many like Hollywood movies made about black people headed by black casts and black that have writers made money and, and black writers and-, and black writers and directors. Like that's absurd. What they mean is we've never had a Marvel MCU trademark movie like this, which is like, yeah, fair. But why do you want it? Like as, as this, this podcast so far has pretty thoroughly shown these things are, are yeah. Black people really deserve better worth- than Marvel yes. movies. <laughs> like, like that's like, you know, black people deserve to eat a, a, a Whopper. It's like, uh, sure. But like, <laughs> it's just like, it, it's like every, I guess everyone is entitled to consume mediocrity, but that doesn't mean they should. And that doesn't mean like it's political well, praxis or revolutionary. Well, it's, 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 like, it's insane to it's, me that this was called revolutionary in any good faith sense of the term. It's, it's just marketing. And, and, and it's like and the same where it's, it's like, they're it's like, lying. oh, we got a, 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 a black little mermaid now and all this stuff. It's like, man, like, you know, it's not saying racism is over, but they've been putting black people in popular mainstream movies for a really, really long time and women and all the, like, it's just like, we keep getting these talking points and celebrations of like, I don't know, milestones and representation that we hit when I was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, uh, you can, you can kind of like in the in the loosest possible definition of representation you can kind of stretch that it was bad up until for black people at the time of this movie coming out and mostly that only applies to like the behind the camera aspects you know like there still aren't a lot of black directors there still aren't a lot yeah, of absolutely. Like, especially auteurs you know but uh, when we get to Shang Chi, dude, it's like that shit. Oh, oh come on, come on, uh, man! You're, you're, I don't want to watch like, a movie with Lu in it. Fuck that! Like no, 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 <laughs> no. I don't even want to see his ass in Barbie. Get him out of here. No can I watch? Disrespect. Can I watch a, a Simulu like list cut of Barbie, please? Greta no Greta. disrespect to uh the, the asian diaspora but come on like they they, <laughs> they they were making movies with you guys front center behind the camera you guys have camera. hong kong cinema and like a whole but rich tapestry of i'm, of I'm mostly focusing on america on american yeah. blockbusters yeah. it's like they you know they had the shaw brothers you know they had yeah they you had fucking and yes i'm not saying that the, that means that there's no asian discrimination there's no black discrimination in hollywood cuz it's not true but like it was not an issue that needed a a a a apology letter from hollywood in the form of another mass marketed project and i really i really think that that's really all you can say about this this movie is trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist and like I don't know. That's that. well. That's that's a that's a capitalism, and especially in our areas, you and you you invent problems that are easy and lucrative to solve, rather than confronting any real actual problems that are challenging and not profitable to solve. Exactly. So we get we we so every couple of years now we'll get a movie putting whatever demographic person or persons in it and they'll pat themselves on the back for how great it is and then in the real world nothing will change because changing things in the real world doesn't do anything for the people with money and power 
Um, and so we to go along with that, we have an ideological fantasy that putting enough black people with you know positive representation in movies will somehow do something about racism. And it's that's just like pure literally magical thinking. That's like um, the rectification of names. Like you, you see, like a lot of religions and traditions have versions of this where you you rearrange the symbolic world to influence the real world rather than just directly changing the real world um, yeah. through politics and, and conflict and the allocation of power. And like even like as far as like behind the camera, like if you're making a Marvel movie, you're just following orders from uh, exactly. Kevin Feige. Yeah, no, this isn't. Like, did, Black, Black Panther is just Kevin Feige in blackface. <laughs> so like honestly, like if you really care about diversity in art and film, what we should do is – Instead of having, you know, $200 million bullshit movies all shot on a green screen that try to appease everybody at the basis level and therefore kind of nothing, you should distribute the resources to make movies a lot more widely. And then all kinds of people can make them and they can make personal films with unique perspectives that actually represent whatever it is they're doing or whatever they're about without it having to be like a movie for all black people everywhere, which is, you know, a nonsense concept because there's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially it. Also the movie itself kind of sucks or not even kind of, it, 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 it's it like the substance no, yeah. of the movie. Like, like just as, having, as an yeah. action movie, as, as an action blockbuster, it's as just got all the same problems every other it, Marvel movie does where the action is actually very good. And it's, it's just boring. a lot of like green screen bullshit that sucks and see terrible CGI body doubles. Can we talk about, cause again, I saw this in IMAX and I was kind of like for like five minutes, I was kind of gobsmacked upon rewatch that it looked this terrible. Like, like as soon as we left like the opening in Oakland, because I feel like the the flashbacks to 1992 in Oakland are the only parts that feel like they have some sort of like cinematic ambiance. They're the I only thought the stuff that feel in like Korea looked okay, at least that, in terms that of making stuff looked okay. Korea looked kind of cool at night. There, there's a couple times where the camera rotates, which is a couple times. Uh, yeah, those were nice, but like as a whole, like. The CGI and the VFX are pretty dog shit. What, uh, like, I took a screenshot of, uh, or a picture on my phone of, of the part where uh, T'Challa goes to the ancestral plane and, you know, go goes past the a tree. And Stu literally said it looked not much any better than Neil Breen's Twisted Pear. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, that because he has the same the yeah. same like like it's like a freeze frame from something someone made in Unity of like a glowing tree that he walks around and it's just <laughs> yeah it looks uh, it, it it looks bad that and the um the, I'm thinking specifically of like the waterfall set piece. Oh, it looks it terrible. Looks, it looks it looks like a water park. It and, looks and like fucking time... cast, it looks like fucking Castaway Island, a Canopy Lake Park. New England people, you will know what I am talking about. It's and, just, and, just and every time dry you... rock and it's shallow and it's just clearly a pool and the terrible, terrible green screen. It's I was getting flashbacks to Winter Soldier again with people standing in front of green screens talking. And I'm like, yeah, and stop it. 
And every time Black Panther goes to do something cool, he just turns into a PlayStation 4 character. Yeah, he turns into like a he, he doesn't even look really, as good as Snake in Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> it's really funny because there's one shot at the beginning with the with an actual like physical Black Panther costume on set, and it's the only time the costume looks good in the entire movie. It's when he's in the tree and it's all that natural lighting. Uh and you can really tell that like that was the test shot. You know, that was the does this costume look good? And then they're like, all right, yeah. And then like Feige came along and was like, all right, I got 8 million Chinese people that are going to fucking, <laughs> you know, turn this into a video game. And then Ryan Coogler was like, but I want to make a movie. And then Kevin Feige's <laughs> like, here's 10 million more dollars. Shut the fuck up. I think if I'm not, if I'm wrong, please, please yell at me and call me a complicit white woman. But I'm pretty sure the like, climactic fight between Killmonger and and T'Challa that that take place takes place over like the train rail Yeah, it's on the hover train track. I'm pretty sure it I I heard and I unfortunately I can't provide a source on that, but the majority, like 90% of that was already complete before like an actor even stepped in front of a camera. Yeah. Well, no, okay, that's okay. I don't know about if the final effects were complete before an actor stepped in front of a camera. It looks all like of, it needed a we've couple talked more about letters. This before, all the actual action sequ, all the, all the big action sequences, way before they've got a script to stitch it all together, or anything else, yeah. are done by a, a pre-visualization studio. So, like animated, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Storyboards, kind of. Yeah. Um, they 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 just do a like slightly crude CGI version of all the action uh, before they've even got a director. Sometimes by a studio called the Third Floor, if I'm remembering right, that's what they're called. And then the that's, final that's special correct. effects probably weren't done till near the end of production, but like all the choreography and everything had already been done by that point. So that's why everything in all these movies looks the same. It has the same floatiness, the same whip, the, the same just kind of gliding, panning, swooping camera, just the same generic style to everything. Cause they have this one, they have this one team of, of animators deciding how the action scenes look for all these movies. And it's all just the most like, um, and I mean, like we just played metal gear solid and the cutscenes and that, and everything in that's virtual. You can do whatever you want with the camera have oh, way that more game style. Is so awesome. <laughs> I've, I've, that game is so fucking awesome. Uh, guys, we completed our stream of metal gear solid. Uh, it's up on Sue's Twitch. Uh, you get to see me reacting to everything in real time. I am fully Kojima pilled. God bless this man. Uh, I think a, a Metal Gear Solid movie would be dog shit. Even 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 if Oscar Isaac is playing Solid Snake, and I would let that guy do it's whatever a weird he wants to me. Choice but to like, me. but like, they are not going to get any of the awesome insanity that is in Metal Gear Solid in, in in a Hollywood movie. It's not happening. Yeah, they just they just never let him be that weird. They're never going to let him cook. They're <laughs> never, they're, they're never going to let a director like making a, a big budget IP movie cook the way Kojima did on metal, like metal gear solid. Um, anyways. Yeah. So we mentioned the VFX is terrible. Something that also threw me off or, or not threw me off. I should say was like, like a peek under the hood kind of moment. And I normally wouldn't comment upon this because it's like, a, it's like a given in every, 
Marvel movies up until he died that Stanley is going to make a cameo. It's always, you know, a stupid joke. Like, oh, look at Stanley. But like this one felt a little insidious to me. Maybe I'm just reading it deliberately a certain way, but he like uh, during the South Korea, like black market casino portion, he just like uh, T'Challa's like basically like won a big hand like gambling or something at cards yeah and, and like ducks out and stan lee's old ass just like pushes his way through and he's like these are mine now he basically steals a black guy's <laughs> earnings for himself and i'm just like huh well <laughs> that's fair what- in, in the defense of stan lee most of the people he was stealing from were jewish and also this is very solidly in his uh probably elder abuse era Oh yeah! Oh no! I was gonna say that—that's just an analogy for how he stole credit for creating Black Panther from Jack Kirby. Can we? You know what? Can we? Can we touch upon that? Because you did. I do want to respect that Stu did some research for this episode, Um, and and you did you did pull a very good quote. From Jack Kirby. Yeah, yeah. If if one of you two wants to uh uh, uh not it read this in full, there's there's only part only part of this quotes on Wikipedia, and it's very funny to read it in full. Not it. All right, it's like, Cole, do you want to do it or it's, uh, whoever's funnier? I don't know. Shoot me the shoot me the link. Yeah. I came up with Black Panther because I realized I had no blacks in my strip. I'd never drawn a black. I needed a black. I suddenly discovered that I had a lot of black readers. My first friend was a black. And here I was ignoring them because I was associating with, ev- with everybody else. It suddenly dawned on me. Believe me, it was for human reasons. I suddenly discovered nobody was doing blacks. And here I am, a leading cartoonist, and I wasn't doing a black. I was the first one to do an Asian. <laughs> then I began to realize that there was a whole range of human differences. Remember, in my day, drawing an Asian was drawing Fu Manchu. That's the only Asian they knew. A- the Asians were wily. <laughs> Uh, I want to point out I've read the the Fantastic Four script uh, or the Fantastic Four comic that uh, features Black Panther I think it's like issue 40 something Um, I'm going to get a death threat from one of our audience it's like it's issue 54 Uh, and I mean no Jack Kirby actually draws him very very beautifully Uh, he's very stoic looking Uh, doesn't really like in fact, actually, the entire so that the entire tribal like uh, like thing that they're doing is a bit. It's like a they're doing that because sort of similar to the movie, but it's like oh, white people won't believe them that they made all this shit. So that so like we don't want them to come steal all our shit. So uh, we're gonna like pretend to be like to wear grass skirts and shit because that's what they expect of us. Uh, and I, I should say, yeah, which I've I've seen that in a few things over the years that that like, you know, people pretending to be more the 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 primitive stereotype just to fuck with white people. Exactly. Yeah, and I should say that the dialogue is atrocious. Like, that's, oh my God. that's the only that's the only that's the only comic where I'm like, is Stanley racist? Like, he's <laughs> yeah. not. It's just it's just really odd. <laughs> It's just really awkward. Like Ben Ben Grimm keeps like like pro- proclaiming like I can't believe these fucking savages have flying cars and shit. And it's just it's really strange. It it, it distracts from the whole issue because the whole issue isn't really even about Black Panther. Like he he just needs the Fantastic Four's help to get rid of uh 
of that guy Claw, who uh, it was yeah, was trying to it was menacing them. Yeah. So the other, and, the only other like entertaining like performance of the movie. <laughs> because oh, that's another thing. Because like Killmonger appears in like the first twenty minutes and then vanishes for another forty. And like I feel like so much of this movie's like pacing is off and uh, like how how it like segues like the the plot proper I feel doesn't really kick in until like at least 40 minutes in. Yeah, well it's it's like the thing like with with these with minutes. the Marvel movies the especially for the way go on where they're trying to be so many different things and appeal to so many different audiences. It's like, we need this kind of action. We need the globe trot. And we're going to go to Korea. And, and, and and it's like, they're trying to cram too many goddamn things in the same movie. So so nothing gets enough time or development. Um, There is so much fat to this movie that needs to be cut out. Um, And fat also being a nickname for Martin Freeman. Um, Cause he's like, I I know we don't want to harp too much on like the CIA aspect of this but like he is totally superfluous plot wise like he just doesn't need super, to be here he is he, he is basically the, like black panther's sidekick like that's he's here because they're like well we need at least one white guy there's like we need yes. a white guy yes which is <laughs> yeah. why it's like that, everyone's saying that, they did. And, uh, a black-led like ensemble like you know no white people are just straight up lying i'm like martin freeman it has like a substantial role in this movie well, he doesn't. He doesn't because he's totally superfluous too. Well, exactly. Well, he, or, he's, a, a substantial yeah. amount of screen time, I should say. Yeah. To his character, he's he's at a certain Way point. Too much. At a certain point, all of these movies realize they need a guy in a chair so that they could like set up more audience banter moments. And yeah, I guess that was really do, like, when a remote it was, drone at the end. That was really when it was over. It was when they started doing the guy in the chair shit. Because that was some shit that they would do on the the CW, and it would get an, it would get so annoying that they stopped doing it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, once once it's once these movies start giving the CW, it's there's no hope. Ab- abandon all hope, you who enter. Uh, do you want to do watch something else? Or, well, I was, was going to say, did we want to? We're, we're like did we not even touch... like an hour into the episode. <laughs> I was just saying, now, we do, should... do we want to, because we've, we've alluded to it, but do we want to touch more directly on the the, the cultural and critical response to this movie? Yes, um, yes. I have more than enough bones to pick with, with uh, my. I mean, and I'm including myself in the past, because a lot of the people who have, like, given this, like, four or five stars, like, clearly haven't revisited it since it was in theaters. And I think Marvel has really monopolized, like, the theater experience as part of that like hype marketing machine and you know so you don't you don't you you just remember the movie being good mostly because of the theater experience and the hype and it's a completely different ball game when when you go home and you're like by yourself like you know and your your shitty ass sofa you gotta pay rent the next day or something. You're you're eating like a hungry man meal, like a frozen TV dinner. Your mom wants you to call her. Like it's just. Are you, are you just describing your own life? Because I... absolutely not. I'm, I'm I'm describing the proverbial life of someone who like sees a movie like this like repeatedly is like, 
oh boy, this is good stuff. It's like it's 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 like eating a, a like a, a lukewarm like shitty whopper. It's it's like, McDonald's it's, fries once they've gotten cold. It's McDonald's fries when they've gotten cold, and like it, I I don't think it like I'm sure our listeners remember how hyped this movie was and like how lauded it was again by people who know better like the as as being yeah, pe- a, people's a whose jobs is to be yeah piece of art so like like i know Stu, you pulled a bunch of like let's let me just read some of these like headlines yeah pulled, um if i may um from Vox, Black Panther is a gorgeous, groundbreaking celebration of Black culture. The newest Marvel movie is about more than a superhero's journey. It's about Black culture's journey. From the New York Times, we have Why Black Panther is a Defining Moment for Black America. Time Magazine, they raved the revolutionary power of Black Panther. And, um, no, oh, this is a deranged uh, pull quote. Its themes challenge institutional bias. Its characters take unsettled digs at oppressors. And its narrative includes prismatic perspectives on Black life and tradition. Don't, don't you love when narratives take prismatic perspectives on Black life and tradition? Oh, yeah. That, that is such just like using jargon to cover for the fact that you have nothing to say type language. Oh, I, I, I absolutely – I can spot that. That's as, yeah, as that's that's I've got to hit the word count. <laughs> that's that's I got to hit the word count. I, I yeah. got the thesaurus open on this, but let, can we, we do got to touch because you did, I, I think, just summarizing or just touching upon what Sean King lauded this as reveals. He, I mean, and I, word for like word, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He's like. The, the, you know, he's like, um, you, you have the Rosa right Parks here. You protest, to, MLK's. You oh, you got it? It? yeah, just yeah. read it. Yeah, read it for okay. Bam because it's, uh, um, <laughs> can, Miguel, can you, because this is Sean King, can you add some like clown ass music underneath this? Wakanda showed us our families in one piece. No war on drugs, no mass incarceration, no KKK, no lynching. No racial profiling, no police brutality. In this world, Tamir Rice and Trayvon Martin get to grow up. Sandra Bland and Eric Garner are still alive. It's an alternate parallel universe where we win and we fool. Our traditions and culture have not been destroyed. We have beautiful rituals and rites of passage. Uh... Do do we need to explain who who Sean King is yeah, to make maybe, that extra funny? Maybe. So it's the same movie that I that I saw because I know all that's still I know. in the movie. Yeah, just, in fact, they they just kind of they, just like oh, the fuck inciting them. incident is the breaking up of a family. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, yeah, and again, yeah, like the bad guy is a, a black man who becomes basically evil because he loses his father figure to black on black violence. Yeah. That's the plot of this movie. Um, but so the thing about Sean King, if you don't know, is he was like a big Twitter 
black sort of liberal black rights fundraising public figure guy who uh he's like d ray kind of kind of yeah yeah who not only was just kind of like obviously kind of a ladder climbing cheesy sellout but was later revealed to be a rachel dolezal guy who's got white parents who straight up just embezzled money from the yeah. fundraisers he did for black lives matter um yeah which is funny because Black Lives Matter is like not a legit like don't don't donate to them donate to the local chapters, uh, but don't donate to like the organization as a whole because that just goes to like some fucking activist bank account. Bullshit. Yeah, oh, it's it's um, total just nonprofit profit yeah. bullshit. Um, yeah, yeah. Donate donate to bail funds. Donate to like yeah. individual things, but don't. But it's so it's yeah. That's so funny to rip off. Rip off the people doing the rip off. Actually, shout out to Sean King. Fucking get the bag. <laughs> no, don't shout out Sean King. You know what? Shout don't be, don't be saying also, that in the same also cadence because, saying shout out to the victim. Because Sean King uh, is not the victim. Im- important thing to point out, uh, he claims that the reason why both of his parents are white and why he looks white is because his mom like fucked a black guy. Oh yeah. And, uh <laughs> Which is like, don't be, don't be airing out who your mom's fucking. Like, <laughs> no, that's nosy. Don't do your dad like that. You're like, yeah, my dad's dick was trash, so <laughs> fucking, she took a walk on the wild side. You know. But that, that's the thing, right? Like, there is just this endless, like, you can just dig and dig and dig through like major outlets and magazines and stuff, and they're just there are all these people that they found. To find- a negative review to, to, that to is say not basically from, like, the, the same thing or something yeah, yeah that well, actually this... uh i'm sort of spoiling one of my, well, what did, my watch what did, uh armand white have to say about this movie he might have been cooking. Um, so speaking of armand <laughs> white i was i i was looking i was, so I was uh, one of my one of my watch something else is going to be space is the place spoilers but for which, that which gets segment. the fat pussy cosign from me it yeah. does get the fat pussy cosign from nicole uh Armand White has a positive review of that movie. Space is the place. Huh. Yeah, which is very strange because it's like very it's, strange. It's a, it's a it's a a movie with a free jazz soundtrack, uh, based on like an Afrofuturism narrative of like almost like black separatism, uh, and the whole movie like sort of wholesale like like derides anything anything white as like corrupted and like corrupting and armand white who if you don't know who he is he is the official film critic of the national review which is like some conservative rag but he's very very yeah very conservative very much a rag (laughs) yeah like 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 ben shapiro ben shapiro writes for it yeah it's like William Buckley, a famous writer. Yeah, he's boys with Ben Shapiro, but he's a great letterboxed follow because he he just okay. he has like the same kind yeah. of like uh he, yeah, he has the same kind of brain damage as uh like Ben Carson, where everything he says is insane. <laughs> uh and yeah, he has a glowing review of this this Afrofuturist movie. And then he's like, Yeah, Black Panther shit. Yeah, I'm I'm skimming his I'm skimming Armand White's Black Panther review now, and he's he, he's not wrong about a lot of this. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna plug any of his words here, though. But like, um, well, but he is like he's 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 kind of like he's a contrarian in a lot of ways, and obviously you're 
publish the conservative magazine. But it's not always, but, but that's the thing. That's that's the thing. Why, why these come out as right wing talking points is because right wingers are hostile to liberal culture, just I- impulsively. They are equipped to see and find and willing to publicly state its flaws because it's actually good for their careers, right? Unlike if you're a liberal-ish cultural writer, then you kind of you you want to go along with that stuff and not be seen as potentially uh, an opponent or an outsider or whatever. For a, a conservative writer, the incentive is to make every criticism you can legitimate or not. So that's how these, what I think are legitimate criticisms become painted as right-wing talking points because right-wingers are the ones who who benefit from making them and who will be loudest in making them and will get the most attention for making them, even if they're not actually ideologically right-wing uh, observations um, in uh, in a vacuum. Can I can I interrupt you to just say Armand Wright has no business being a film reviewer? What does letterbox stats look like this? Like, oh, yeah. No, he does not like, like most movies. movies. <laughs> you don't like movies, sir. Get a new occupation. He, he, is, he is a uh, crank. Get an occupation like shoving your thumb up liked, your ass. He liked John Wick 4, so you know what? Shout out Armand Wright. No, we're not shouting out Armand White. You can, you can suck my dick. Um, That's, he, he's so cool. He's so cool because he's not. Is like is like objectively right. It just did like the most wrong way possible. It's it's like if you hit Ben Shapiro no, in the I'm, head. I'm sorry, he got it's Jules like if you, he got Jules it's and like Jim in the top hit, four. That movie sucks. I, it's like if sorry, you hit Ben Shapiro in the head enough times and then like suddenly like out popped like Karl Marx you know it was like it's like it, it, it genuinely he proves horseshoe theory almost real because it's like well okay I should he's, should a, he's a China for... he's a he's a he's a China dick rider with like Chinese blockbuster <laughs> cinema which is just like awesome dude it's so cool it's so I, cool I just to want to like, say too I, fuck I feel them. like they're, uh... they're, they're, they're they're like undermining our democracy but also they can make a hell of a movie I just I want to say because he's because I feel like some of our members of audience, if you don't know who Armand White is, he is black. Like that's yes. part of why I thought of him and check it on his uh, review. No, um, there isn't a white guy going around. He's Ar- a black conservative, and, and black conservatives tend to be uh, uh, oddball uh, figures with a different kind of gas. Yeah, let's just say. Um, um, He's so fascinating. I, I love maybe. how his brain. I love how his <laughs> gas brain leak. works. Gas leak. When I when I said they're cooking with a different sort of gas, I meant they they have an active gas leak in their house. Yeah, but Please but you got to cook with gas, or you're you're a, a cucked lib bug man. Remember that for like a week. That was a thing. Um, anyways, yeah. uh, do we have any? Um, I mean, we've got all. I've got all these articles open. I could probably dig in and find a bunch of specific um, quotes. Uh, that, but like the headlines, I think kind of convey the the gist of it. Here's um, here, uh, one tidbit I learned, and this was uh, like I, I I recommend people will maybe check out the article from like NBC News by Lynn Stewart Paramore. Uh, why does a white CIA agent play the hero to kill Munger's villain of Black Panther? Uh, gives a nice like overview on the sort of shit CIA has done to destabilize Africa in a, a, a very concise sort of way, I guess. Uh, but I, I just want to read a little tidbit from here because um, 
what's what's fucking Free- Martin Freeman's character's name? Ross Everett is re- Ross. Is he related to Thunderbolt and, and Betty no. Ross? What the fuck? Get a different last name, bitch. Anyways, um, uh, I'm I'm just gonna quote from him directly. The character of Ross debuted in a 1998 Black Panther comic, comic as a bumbling state department attorney. Christopher Priest, one of the comic's most influential writers, has stated that Ross, based on the Chandler Bing character from the TV program Friends, was enlisted, to help, bring in, was enlisted to help bring in white audiences, the primary readers of Marvel Comics, not unlike not not until the character was made in it made the leap to film in Captain America's Civil War was Ross reinvented it as a skillful CIA operative. So this bitch wasn't even a CIA a spook in the comics. This is a complete fabrication of the movie or of of, of Kevin Feige's fucking like cat turd sandbox. You mean a litter box? Whatever. I, I was about to I was about to pat myself on the back for that riff. Fuck you. <laughs> Shout out to Christopher Priest, man. He's done like everything that you can do in life. He is a comic book guy. He's a musician. He's a fucking uh, a fan like of novelist. He's a fan of friends. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I just thought that was. A, a he's an ordained Baptist, a minister. Oh, so he, uh, I was going to say, is he actually a priest? <laughs> and he is. Yeah, no. He, in fact, he, his <laughs> name isn't, name? his birth name isn't Christopher Priest. He changed it. To priest, I believe I forget why. Uh, oh, he uh, he he said he would become a priest if his if his marriage ever broke up, and then he got divorced Uh-oh. and changed Uh-oh. his name to Christopher Priest, and then became an ordained minister in the Progressive Christian short so, Church. So 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 he he changed his last name as as part of like a divorced guy thing. That, yeah. that that rocks. That rocks. You know what? I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm also, gonna that also, the, just I'm giving great, up the fat pussy stamp of approval. A great, great writer. I haven't read too much of his stuff, but he's got some great runs out. He's still in the biz today. Like uh, his Black Priest. Panther stuffs considered like the best Black Panther stuff. I yeah, think. I gotta read that. Uh, Christopher Priest, you are the barstool smoke show of the week. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got to read more of his shit. Uh, he did a, a, a run on Deathstroke that was uh, thought to be very good. Deathstroke 2, Deathstroken. Um, did you know that Deathstroke's canonically a pedophile? No. Yeah. Wait, you, if we ever if mean, we ever get to anything put a, too tight. Put a pedophile in his movie. It's not a very well-known aspect of the character. They tried to like retcon it away, but yeah, no, he... Uh, he uh, was like a fucking. I mean, he's like fifty years old and was in a, like a relationship with like a fourteen-year-old, uh, uh, which is is it's 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 fun. It's kind of like uh, meta text too because his his biggest ops are like the Teen Titans. I, okay, <laughs> so he's just like he's like a pedophile, mad that there's like pedophile super that there's like there's that, that, that there's like teen superheroes. Oh no. <laughs> Read up, man. My my read something else is Christopher Priest's uh Christopher Priest's uh Black Panther and also Marv Wolfman's uh uh Teen Titans because that shit rocks. You know what? I'm also kind of done talking about 
this movie, I think we can move on to like watch something yeah, else. And yeah, I, I think that was a good time. Maybe kind of get a couple riffs off out of the uh, uh, leaks from the Flash that made my skin crawl at work today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my my watch something else, and I I, I give the fat pussy cosign to Space is the Place. It is genuinely an incredible movie. Um, there's a whole, if, if here's the thing that like pissed me off sort of the most about like the lauding over this movie as like a vision and revolutionary. It's like, there's like a whole really great and substantial subgenre of Afrofuturism in film. Granted, it is mostly like independent productions, but like there are a couple like pretty significant films in like the history of like like black directors and like black storytelling that like just do not get the like airtime and the credit they really deserve. Um, so my first watch something else. Um, obviously. We're, we're talking about Black Panther. I'm going to say Black Panthers, the short film by Agnes Varda, which is a really great um, sort of like documentation on like the height of the Black Panther party in a, in a good way, in a, in a way that is like, you know, if you've seen an Agnes Varda film, you will know her approach as a documentarian. It is very humanistic and very uh, interested in her subjects, always comes from a a, a warm place, um, but an honest place. Um, it's a really important, like, historical document. I think everyone should watch it. Um, but I, more specifically, I am going to recommend Daughters of the Dust by Julie Dash, which is just a, just a visually gorgeous film, um, following, like, a, a couple generations of, of Black women on, uh, from, of, um, uh, Gullah, uh, like the Gullah region. Um, I don't know what sort of where where it's off, but uh, like an island that kind of like had a, had a, a bit of a its own like black independence, um, concurrent to like slavery in America, like going on and ending. Um, it's just just this really beautiful like sort of magical realism movie about just it, it well it was one of the inspirations especially for uh beyonce's like lemonade music video um but it's out on its own it is just like it is so breathtakingly gorgeous um the other movie i'm going to recommend is ngozi unwara's uh welcome to the terror dome which if you got well if you got criterion channel you can watch that for free uh, it is also a bit of Afrofuturism. I think it was like significant as like the first major um, or, or I think the first movie to be directed by a, a British black woman that got like a, a theatrical release, if I'm not wrong. And that's like, I think it's like either the late 80s, early 90s, which is kind of like, dear God, but like, um, no, it is. That is a really good movie. Um Oh, it's two with the Roman numerals too. Yeah, That's why I couldn't two. find it. Yeah. Um, but it is 
I somewhat describe it as very pessimistic in in sort of its its depiction and idea of um, like racial oppression and an inability to escape it. Um, I personally, I I haven't seen the movie in a, a few months since I first saw it, but I would say there's there's a really good bit of um, uh, like at the at the risk of talking out of my ass ass here like a, a nice bit of like hopefulness to it but um you know you got like it's it's kind of like a like a, i could describe parts of it as kind of like blade runner esque so it has that sort of like sci-fi edge to it but people yeah. can can watch it and decide for themselves how they uh but feel yeah no those it. are those are my recommendations so I, I was just gonna say you know um i've never seen that movie but uh if you've ever gotten head from a girl with braces then you know all about terror dome <laughs> uh, get the reading rainbow with the but in there uh cole what are your recommendations for films if uh, yeah elaborate on space is the place uh, even though you're like 15 minutes away from finishing it you still haven't yeah, actually space finished is the it. place and then if you want a movie that just does this entire plot better watch star wars episode one the phantom menace <laughs> Oh because, my god! Uh, I'm sorry, but if you think this movie this movie is more racist to black people than any of those fucking movies, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, Jar Jar is my Black Panther. Jar Jar Binks has a Caribbean black accent. <laughs> oh no! Why is this welcome? Welcome to the Terror Dome. Oh, I know why. God damn it, Nicole! That's an annoying titled movie. <laughs> it's 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 no the it's Roman it's sick. numerals. It's sick, right? It's sick. Um, Although I have to have seen Welcome One. No, <laughs> the same like I've never seen Menace to Society because I could never find Menace I'm One. Menace One Society. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Okay, so I uh, black film, black culture in general, huge blind spot for me. I am. You're a, you're whiter. Uh, you're the whitest. Snow. I'm Canadian too. Um, yeah, so you're like uber white. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, sorry to bother you. Came out the same year as Black Panther, and is like you know, written directed by a black man with Boots a right. black cast, and is an actual like good movie that's funny and interesting, and has a like a political statement that's actually meaningful and sincerely meant. Um, uh, also, second, you mentioned Django Unchained earlier. That movie's pretty great. That's actually, I, I'm quite fond of that movie. I don't know why people That's kind of movie. rank it low as Tarantino movies go. I think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's sister there, he shoots her and she just goes flying off into the next room like Looney Tunes, man. Uh, movie rocks. Uh, good shit. Uh, any, uh, I guess that, oh, new patrons. New Special. patrons, but I I don't know. Do we have a do we want to give our quick quick roundtable on on how how awful those uh, CGI undead? Oh Superman yeah, were? oh yeah. They they um, they um they they I saw the clips are all getting like DMCA'd as fast as they can get put up, which is really funny that Warner Brothers is trying that hard. This movie uh, cost three hundred million dollars. They guys. they put. They put Superman lives Nick Cage fighting a giant spider in there somewhere, which is a thing that people only know exists because Kevin Smith talked about it once in 2001. 
um, his his famous story about they they drafted him to work on a Superman Lives script, and they sent him out to go see John Peters, the the movie producer who started as 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 a Streisand's hairstylist and former lover. And he just went off about, about how we're h- him and Kevin Smith were from the streets and how like the fiercest animal in nature is the spider. So the movie needs to have a giant spider in it. Was that the same guy as Wild West? Now, now once upon a time in the West, madman lost his damn mind in the West. Love left. Reddit ass shit. Wild Wild West. Yeah. Well, that's the punchline yes, of the Kevin Smith the- story is Wild Wild West has the giant mechanical spider in it. Yeah, but yeah, no, so it's, it's kind of just a film was- dork meme to to put the, the the cage superman in there fighting a giant it's not spider. even a film dork meme it's it's like a reddit guy moment just this this is kevin this is kevin smith's fault this is kevin smith's yeah. fault I, I mean it's it's whatever kind of guy rented an evening with kevin smith it's, it's, let's it's, just say it's no, kevin smith's no, fault no no, I will. Uh, as as the the world's he, he, preeminent, he took too many crying Amy, selfies and made this happen. As the world's preeminent Kevin Kevin Smith uh, chasing Amy defender, uh, he did nothing wrong. I would totally I would totally rent an evening with Kevin Smith and come away with normal expectations that that was a bad idea. Uh, you you can't blame him. Yeah, it's just funny that 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 funny little anecdote about the movie industry made its way into like 30 seconds of a real blockbuster movie that probably cost $15, $15 million on their own to make. Damn, it costs um, $15. That's cheap. <laughs> uh, you're a chase. That's interesting. People go back and forth. Chasing Amy is one of those movies that like every 10 years, people change it's, their mind on whether it's good it's or bad. It's fascinating. Um, it's like, it's, it's objectively, it's objectively I, a bad movie. You can like, uh, one of my favorite moments is when I was watching it high for an episode of, uh, I think it was TGOV. Yeah. It was good old fashioned values. I listened yeah. to it. Uh, you can see, I, I know. Oh, I, right. I, yeah. There was an episode on there. I think that weed works the opposite for me, where if I watch a bad movie high, I end up hating the movie more for wasting my fucking time. Yeah, uh, I get that sometimes, too. Uh, where I watched the Max Landis, he said smoke weed beforehand. I smoked weed <laughs> yeah. beforehand. It sucked. I, uh, <laughs> we have bad I, idea. I watched, Kev- I watched Chasing Amy high. I didn't like it. I watched Chasing Amy Sober. It's one of my favorite films. <laughs> it's for some reason when I'm high, I'm focusing on the details. Like you can see the cameraman in, in the reflection of every reflective <laughs> surface. Uh, like he didn't, he didn't like, like fucking like location scout hard enough to realize that you can like see the camera yeah, guys and all the boom mics and every shot. That's well, no, this was Kevin Smith yeah. didn't, become a stoner yeah, until he like didn't, he wasn't a weed guy until he, the first, he's just the not first movie he, he smoked weed for was zach and miri make a porno and it was seth rogan that introduced him to weed before that he was stone cold sober uh and he, he he's just not good at the technical yeah, element of filmmaking he he dropped out of uh, vancouver film school three months in because he got bored and he just went back to new jersey and Took out a bunch he, of credit cards. Uh, yeah, that, that's Clerks. a bad movie. Uh, or actually, I like Clerks is enjoyable, but uh, it's weird. Yeah, Kevin Smith's fascinating because there's not there's not a, not a lot of the stuff I would say is objectively like good from a craftsman uh, point of view, but he's he's interesting from like a 
like I hate to use this term, but like a vulgar autorist, but in like the dumbest possible sense of the word where he's just he, stupid. He he's like the most the most normal Gen X guy that somehow managed to get to make movies. But he's probably like if anybody could be an exemplar of their entire demographic, it's Kevin Smith, I think, for for just like Gen X white guys. He is I met him and he was he was Wonderful. He seemed, oh yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Like it's like, like actually full on hating him seems hard to justify. He, legitimately, if you tell him you like chasing Amy, he always gets confused. Uh, in fact, there's a very famous, uh, uh, I think it was like a TED talk or something, where uh, this trans guy talks about how like chasing Amy like helped them through like their transition or like his transition. Sorry, I smoked weed halfway through this, so um, my brain is falling apart. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, this trans guy talking about about how chasing Amy like helped helped him through his transition, and it's genuinely very moving. And then you like see Kevin Smith, and like he's crying also, but he's like, "That's one of the worst fucking movies I ever made, man." He's 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 like the only guy in Hollywood, like. If you normally, if you fuck up as a Kevin Smith, you turn into Max Landis, and he's the only guy that stayed Kevin Smith. And for that, like, he, it's very admirable. Where he's just like, leg- legitimately humbled by this stuff in a way that's like very charming to see. Where like, he's, yeah, he's the really only nice person. Guy. Oh, he's he's wonderful. But like, he's, uh, yeah, he uh, he's the only person who's allowed to like all this this blockbuster slop because it genuinely moves him and in a way that's like it's not it's not him trying to like angle his own comeback because like when max landis says oh he's like moved by the snyder cut or whatever it's just him wishing he could do that uh it's just him wishing he oh could yeah be. yeah totally well i don't think max landis has exactly. ever had a real no. feeling when kevin, when kevin smith cries because they let him direct an episode of like the cw flash that's all real that actually happened. Yeah, I, I, I at least, I at least sense something like genuine. Yeah, from Kevin Smith, but like it, I, I, I still kind of feel like it's partially his fault that I, I'm that. Um, Kevin Smith, movie you are the barstool smoke this, show though. of the week. <laughs> you are, the, you are the barstool smoke show of the week. What, what about? I mean, Ezra Miller finally made a public appearance for once, but this. I've never. We're gonna get sued by Barstool. No, no, they can't because because I I am from Boston and that would be a Boston on Boston crime. That's true. Boston's kind of like Wakanda for race. We're coming for them. Boston is exactly like Wakanda. It's 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 Wakanda for the Irish. I'm imagining. Yeah, imagine like Boston Irish guys. <laughs> Who want their version of yeah, Black Panther that's Saints. like set in like an in a utopian free Ireland? Okay, no, no, in a utopian in like like Ireland is like Wakanda, for Boston guys for for, they have for like Boston guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're they're fucking they're, they're beating up the minorities. The costume design is just different kinds of sports memorabilia. All, all, all their sports, all their sports teams win every championship. Yeah. They they have they have they have sweaty beer stained sports jerseys, but they're made out of like nanotechnology. 
they're, they're made in nanotechnology and they like the trains are make still it, terrible it's somehow, yeah they make it all the technology they make it so like like in the black panther suit it absorbs kinetic energy but only when a minority tries to punch you back <laughs> and then you can redirect it to commit more hate crimes oh, jesus christ Boss and I will be in you boss, boss uh, by the time this episode goes live. Actually, I'll you be back have, no, home by be, the time you'll, this you'll episode. have left. Yeah. Um, and and I do hope I I can find the time or we can try to see each other because that would that would I, be sick. actually didn't Kevin what? Smith invent that S- saying I'm going to be in you when referring know. to Dude, a I city. I don't, I don't Kevin like to Smith? think about things. I like to think about how much that. my personality. Yeah, I think Kevin Smith invented that to, to fucking. Oh, no. Watching Chasing Amy <laughs> when I was like 17 and being like, this movie fixed me. Damn, like, poof. not even like the, the Jay and Silent Bob, although Chasing Amy the, the, the is the only Kevin Silent Smith Bob one movie. in the Criterion collection. The Jay and Silent Bob movie is just bad. Like, I, I think the only the only three that I like are Clerks, Mall Rats, and Chasing Amy. And those are the. What about Dogma? I haven't seen Dogma. Dogma is the only one of his remember, early I remember films Dogma that being I good. Seen. I, I, I watched. Seen it since uh, I was a teenager, though. I I remembered all those movies being good, and then watched them when I was not like an adolescent, and then had didn't quite feel so uh, uh, benevolently about them. But uh, anyways, Kevin Smith, if you're listening, come on the pod. <laughs> Yeah, dude, actually, we, we won't make we fun will, of your jorts. We won't. We will not make fun of your jorts. This is a safe space. We'll do fucking. We'll do mar- marvelous or the smogs smogs cast. Bring that black guy that you fucking hang out with a bunch of times. <laughs> podcast with fucking. Let's get high. Let's talk about it, brother. Yeah, actually, we need to have yeah, we'll, we need to get Kevin Smith on because I never got to tell him how much I like chasing Amy when he came to my community college to speak. It was really weird. It was right after he had the heart attack, so all of his stories oh, yeah. were like genuinely moving. Maybe he knows something we don't. I mean, how okay? Before, I mean, before we end the episode, like I, I, I do. Oh, we need well, to. Yeah, thank thank, but before we thank our patrons, like, if this Flash movie bombs, do you think it's going to bomb as hard or worse than Theatrical Justice League? I don't know. I, I think more given, money given the, like, general COVID, COVID downturn of films, I think it will lose them more money than Justice League, but it will probably make more overall it just won't break even and if that makes any sense oh yeah because they, they they've spent so much money on it um, yeah, the, yeah it'll 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 make well, more I mean, money than justice the, league but it'll end up being a bigger bomb and I, I don't know if ezra miller's bringing people to the theater not you know? anymore uh, well that he's he was never the draw of that movie it was yeah. always okay 220 million damn Okay, so not, yeah, so that's not so that's about the same as Justice League. Oh wait, never mind. It, it uh, June fourth, uh, uh, apparently it ballooned to three hundred thirty million. So that's so that's, it's that's as made much, thirty million dollars. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's as after much two weeks. As, uh, are, are the box office or the movie for uh, the purported budget now between like 200 and 330 million dollars so okay 
So that's a big disparity. So yeah, this will probably this is that's as much as the Snyder cut and the uh and the theatrical cut rolled no, into the- one. Well, theatrical, yeah. Well, if they're if we're looking at the three hundred and thirty. Yeah, if you're if it's three hundred and thirty, that's more than both versions of yeah. Justice League put together, which is insane. Insane. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and also like I should point out like the the Justice League movie bombed so hard that DC changed their entire slate almost overnight. Uh fucking <laughs> and what we do know about this movie is Ma'op. My my fucking op, James James Gunn. Oh uh, I'm gonna I'm sort gonna of have been... to remove myself when we like do the Suicide Squad because I've I for the if only because of the no double dipping rule. So, but go off, go on. Yeah, I, I uh, he he allegedly he was he uh he authored some of the reshoots and has sort of been like taking this film on as like the start of his like Elseworlds or whatever the fuck he's calling it. So uh James Gunn downfall fucking coming soon. They're gonna they're gonna this movie's gonna bomb so hard that like none of these movies that James Gunn's working on are gonna get made. Like fucking you think they're gonna make a creature commando movie after like the flash bombs at the box office? No. No, they will not. Do you think they're gonna make like a booster gold TV show after they like lose ten? Ten fucking billion dollars on it's the flash. So after... funny when this bombs. Um, like no. Do you think they're gonna make Superman Legacy after after this shit fucking bombs? No. I yeah. Uh, I was I was right. We're not gonna be. We're not gonna. This podcast is gonna gun fans run out we are of not movies. winning. We are not this, winning. I'm sorry, guys. We're not winning. <laughs> This this podcast is going to run out of movies to talk about uh, around 2028. Yeah. So stop asking us to do like five season television shows. Fuck you. Uh, we will, but we will. Okay. So we do. We did come to a compromise on that because uh, I know that was a bit of bit of contention. We will. You guys will get an episode we, on the TV show. But it will be uh, debriefing a uh, friend of the show, Crumb, who... Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have, have someone on to just describe all the shows um, in one episode. Yeah, it'll be, like, it'll be like a History of Spider-Man style episode. Yeah, we all of the Marvel Netflix shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., fucking uh, Hellstrom on Hulu, all that shit. I mean, shit. I can probably speak and a little then, on Agent Hell, Carter. Hellstrom already. on Hulu. What the exactly. Who the fuck is that? Exactly. Agent Carter. All those All those will be in a mega episode. Oh, wasn't but, there like a Freeform one, too? Uh, yeah, run, Runaways was Freeform. Uh, but, you know... We will have to do the Disney Plus shows at some point. I don't think we can put those off. So, uh, we'll, we'll have some to do some of them, them and the, the ones that we reference in the movie. It will only it will only be uh, before the sh- before we get to the movie. So, like if we're reviewing when we get to Doctor Strange two, yeah, we'll have we'll do to a watch Division episode. Exactly when we get to like a when we get yeah. to like uh, like Ant Man, we'll watch Loki or whatever because Loki leads into that. I I did actually end up watching Loki because my mom had yeah. on. Uh, my uh, my mom also liked that show. That was a very mom show, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll so get, I think so, I think we'll, so we might touch on that stuff a little bit. Yeah, but, but nothing, it'll, it'll nothing only where be, it's like 
before the dozens of episodes exactly yeah it's not gonna be because the release order for these was like one after the other we're not fucking doing that if we get to when we get to captain america captain marvel uh the marvels or whatever we'll watch miss marvel you know uh when we get to cap four we'll watch we'll watch winter soldier indeed uh you know when the when the World War Hulk movie comes out in 2032, direct to DVD, we'll watch She Hulk. By, by that point, I will have killed myself, and you will have yeah. a replacement. It's like you're you're you'll get a you'll get a drip feed of the TV show content enough enough to to that you'll never never be like these these marvelous motherfuckers are are jilting us on our content. But uh, not not enough so that you're like, God damn, watch a movie. Fucking stop talking about television, you know. We'll 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 fucking you know. It's like a stripper, you know. We we gotta tease you. We gotta tease you, which is why I would like to. Yeah. Thank, the content will flow. Which is why I would like to thank our most recent four patrons. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm done shitting on you. Yeah. Now that we're done shitting money. on you, because we are just shy of one hundred dollars per month. <laughs> Uh, Miguel, put some oh, like, put some like, uh, <laughs> Price is Right music. Yeah, Price is Right music in there. Um, so thank you to Vigilante, Tino, aka Movie Bob Walker, Vince, and coming in today, this morning, Jorge Montoya. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Jorge Montoya. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Um, Thank you for slipping a, uh, a fiver into my G-string here. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank. Thank you. you. I will. Great. I will. I will spend uh, that on on. Uh, the Patreon track. is only going to get better, folks. The more money you put in there, the more more content yeah. you're going to get. You got the TGOV episodes. Episode two and three of that should be out. Uh, probably soon. I know we've recorded up to episode two. Uh, me and Spencer are going to be recording episode three sometime in here in the upcoming weeks. So you guys will be getting those. They'll have guests. Uh, a lot of people fucking uh showing up, showing cunt, all that great stuff. Uh, oh yeah, so we we have many celebrities. Yeah, giving that fat pussy seal of approval. Uh, but I think that about wraps it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, have yourselves a wonderful whatever time of day it is for you presently. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Watch better movies.